All right, if you want to grab a seat, thanks for coming, thanks for chatting. It is a special Sunday, it's our kind of all family Sunday, we're all together. And it's been a while, so I think it's been a year, but friends, you get to be at a live taping of your favorite TV show, Cooking with Drew. Everyone excited for a little Cooking with Drew? Thanks, three people are. If you're, if you're a little bit shorter, if you're a kid, why don't you come up? I want you to get front row seats to Cooking with Drew today. So come on up, you can sit right on the front of the stage here. Can you hit my theme song? Thanks. You guys can just have a seat right here. Just sit right on the ground. Oh, right here and look, and look this way. Sit on the ground, there you go. There we go, grab a seat. Welcome to Cooking with Drew. There we go, there we go, grab a seat. You guys can grab seats and go all around. These are hot tickets. These are hard to get. Front row. Anyone know this theme song? Bonus points. There's a lot of you. Incredible. All right, everybody. Well, welcome to Cooking with Drew. I'm Drew, the cook. Uh... Excited you're here today. And today, last time, if you remember, if you joined us, we made hospitality hot dish. Do you remember this? We, were, we weren't in person then. We had to be online. Uh, I was broadcast across the world, and we made some uh, tater tot casserole. Anyone remember this? Probably not. You probably weren't watching, were you? No. Your parents were distracting you while they were trying to watch. Today, we're making mac and cheese. Anybody like mac and cheese? Okay, a couple of you. It's one of my favorite meals in the whole world. We're going to make some mac and cheese. And we have these little cups in our house sometimes um, to make it really easy. And we got them so that maybe our kids could make their own mac and cheese. We thought, how cool if you, they could make their own lunch. You see it? Yeah, it's right there. Okay. And so it's really easy to make. And let me show you this. So here on um, Cooking with Drew, we're going to make it. You guys ready for this? This is, all it, this is all it takes. You just crack this thing open. It comes in a bowl already. And I think you just open it up. And then I think you just, um, you just eat it, right? No. You just take it out and you just. No. <sighs> this doesn't taste right. Have you guys? Have you guys had this before? Is it usually this? Is it usually this? What? Oh, I couldn't hear you. You weren't loud enough. Say it one more time. In the oven? Well, let me try it. It's the worst mac and cheese I've ever had in my whole life. It's so, it's so dry and lifeless. Wait, wait, wait. You guys know how to do this? I know how to do it. Okay, give me a couple. Of, what's the first thing I should have done? Okay, you might have to put water maybe in it. Whoa, a little salt to boil faster. We've got a real chef here. All right. What else? Anyone else know what else? There's a packet in here. I don't know what this is for. What do you think this is for? What do you think this is for? This is cheese? So should I just pour this in there maybe and eat it? So I should put water in it? And then what should I do? Do I have to heat it? Do I have to heat it up? Moana, do you want, do you want to try this? It doesn't look gross. You don't want this. No, no. You don't want this. Okay, so hold on. I'm hearing, I'm hearing a few different things here. You think I should put water in it, cook it, and then put cheese in it, and then it'll be good? Then it won't be dry and lifeless and terrible? 
Well, you know what? I actually, I actually don't, there's a secret about cooking with Drew. I actually don't do any of the cooking. I have an amazing assistant. Should we, should we have him come and help us do this? Okay. Let's all, we got, on the count of three, we got to yell Doug, okay? And see if he comes in. He's working in the kitchen right now. Ready? One, two, three. Doug! I don't see him. Oh, there he is! Give it up for my amazing sous chef, Doug. Doug, I have some news. We've been making mac and cheese wrong. We're not eating crunchy mac anymore? Um, no, I, I know that we've been calling it crunchy mac to try to disguise the fact it's, it's so terrible. Good. It's so good. Well, these kids told me it's not. Oh. And I think they're right. So again, can you tell them again what we're supposed to do so it's not dry and, and crunchy? What's the first thing? Boil water. Okay, boil water. Mm. You dump the noodles in for about five minutes, and then oh. strain it. Good thing I brought my watch today. Okay, nice. And then strain it, and then what's the last thing? Uh, uh, you put it on the oven. Oh, put it on the oven. And we have this packet of stuff. Should I put that in there at the end? Oh, cheese. Okay. Cheese. So you got that? It would just be mac. Pretty much sounds like water, heat it up, add the cheese. It's pretty easy. I wish that was on here. Yeah. Oh, it is actually. Easy it's actually mac. on there. <laughs> Can you do this for us? I, I can try. All right. I can't promise, but I'll try. Doug's going to go try to do this for us. You think it'll be quick? I think so. It's supposed to be. All right. Let's give it up for Doug. Let's chant Doug as he leaves to I'm cook back. this for us. Doug! 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 I think he can do it. He's going to do it. Well, this is... So while, while Doug is in our special test kitchen, I have a story that reminds me of this exact situation. You want to hear it? Okay, I ha actually happen to have pictures of it too. I just happen to have found those. Ready? There's a story in the Bible about God's people, and this exact kind of thing happens to a guy named Ezekiel. But it's not mac and cheese. There's a guy named Ezekiel, and he is one of God's people. And at this point, God's people are in a really tough spot. They don't have a home. They feel broken and hopeless. They feel kind of like dried up noodles. Pretty, pretty lifeless. And God comes to Ezekiel and he says something pretty cool. He says, hey, I'm going to show you something that gives you a picture of what I can do as God. You ready for this? So he actually takes him to a place, a valley of dry bones. So he sees bones of people and they just, do you know the story? Oh, it's a good one. They're just laying there, kind of like dried up, crunchy noodles, right? They're just lifeless, not moving. Pretty terrible, right? Just kind of a valley of death and bones. And he's standing there amongst us and God says, I'm going to show you a picture of what I can do, what kind of God I am. And so he comes to him and God says to him, I want you to talk to the bones and say, come to life. And he says, and he tells, and God says, tell the bones that I have the power to bring you back from, from dry bones to life filled bones. Ready? And so he does. So Ezekiel says, hey, bones, I know you're dry and you're lifeless, but God is big enough, powerful enough to resurrect you. Have you heard that word? That means bring back, bring back to life. And you know what happens to the bones? God's power does it. They become people. They actually grow back into bodies. They have muscles and skin and life. And God breathes back into them. He goes, breathes. He breathes life right back into those bones. He gives him this great picture. He says, hey, I know that right now you feel like you're a bunch, a pile of dry bones, but I, God, am going to resurrect 
my people. I'm going to bring life back into my people. Isn't that great? So you'll go from dry bones to life-filled people. That's a pretty incredible story, isn't it? It kind of reminds me of these noodles that are crunchy and kind of gross, not very helpful, useful. And I think right now, hopefully, let's, let's listen. Maybe, maybe they're ready. Can you guys listen and see if the... I hear the microwave. Can you hear it? I bet they're in there spinning around right now. I bet they're almost ready. Any second now. Oh, there it is. Oh, here he comes. Give it up for Doug. They're ready. Oh, I can't wait to see. So wait. So we went from crunchy, kind of gross noodles. Do they? Yeah. They do, do you want to try it first? You want me to? Uh, I think you should try it. I don't okay. want to taste my own food. <laughs> we're not crunchy anymore. You so don't ever taste your own food? <laughs> I bet it's very good at your house. Oh my gosh, look at these. They look delicious now. Do you see this? This looks like really good. Is it warm? Oh, it's like a little? A little bit. A little bit warm? You got a little chili on the front end. Should I try it now? Do you think it'll be crunchy? Oh, it's so good. They're just full of life. That's great. This might be the best noodles I've ever had. We should bring them back every time because they know how to cook. They do know how to cook. Maybe you guys should take over the show. Maybe Drew and friends, cooking with Drew and friends. That's perfect. I I have to make a big announcement here. You guys have changed mac and cheese forever, and I've decided to come out with my own line of mac and cheese, and everybody gets one today. Are you ready for some Ezekiel 37? They're blessed. Sorry, it's the other side. Doug, will you grab it? Everybody gets mac and cheese. Oh, sorry, the other side. Yeah. He's good at cooking, but not at retrieving mac and cheese. Mr. Doug is going to give everyone, you get mac and cheese, and you get mac and cheese. All right, as soon as you get one, head back to your seat. Thanks for coming up. Thanks for being on Cooking with Drew today, friends. We got a theme song you can roll again, Zach. There we go. There you go. You guys can make some at home. Everybody want to give it up for these brave souls that came up and cooked with us? Sorry, bud. You gotta find your parents, Jojo. There you go. There you go. I think I heard someone say, we're not allowed to eat that at our house. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry if I just gave your kid that and they're not supposed to eat it. Um, I would, since we're talking about this, if anyone's interested, you just have to buy a case of it and then you have to find 16 other people to buy them and then you can be on the Ezekiel 37 mac and cheese team. <laughs> Um, we are today, in a, we're in a series right now, but we're talking about this great, great story. We're at the end of our time in the Old Testament. We've heard lots of stories, um, and we're looking through these 16 verses this summer. 
Uh, and so quick, I just want to share with us and be encouraged by this story, this passage. It's, it's one that gives us great hope and actually gives us a picture really of, of who our God is, really at the core of who our God is. We've looked at um, a lot of stories already, and we're already next week, Aaron's going to be sharing with us about uh, us, that the time has come uh, in fulfillment. But first, just the quick, we, we've talked about creation and God creating human beings, the fall where they turned away from God, decided instead of being blessing, instead of making God's name known, they want to make their own name known. God promising that there would be redemption. We hear about Abraham and how his family will be many, many, and out of Abraham's family will come the one who will end all this, sin and death. About how in the line of king of Judah, a king will come. Learn about the Passover and how, and how that was a, a picture of, God, of death passing over God's people. The law and how the law shows us that we cannot fulfill it, that we can't do it, that we need someone to come and live the way God has called us to live. King David, who's this picture of a king, not perfect, but a king, and that one day a better King David would come. Last week we talked about our suffering servant, what it looks like to be those who, who suffer because we follow a suffering servant. And the fact that our God would come and suffer for us is incredible. And today we look at this vision that Ezekiel's given in the book of Ezekiel, and that resurrection is promised. We, we heard that redemption was promised, and that today we hear this great, great news, that God takes things that are dead, very dead, dry bones, and brings them back to life, breathes life back into them. And so today, we're on our 11th step uh, in Ezekiel 37. If you have a Bible, you want to crack that open, we're going to just take a little time to, to check this out um, uh, today. And so we're looking at this resurrection that is promised, this picture uh, that we just saw, but of, of, uh, of these dry bones of a, of a valley of death being brought back to life. So we're going to re- just read the story again. I know I kind of told it quickly, but it's great to see it in scripture. It's not a very long story. And God comes to Ezekiel, this prophet, and he says, hey, I want to give you a picture of what, um, how I think about my people and what I'm going to do with my people. And then I just want to be encouraged by how much uh, this is just our God, who he is, and how we can uh, rest in that. So we're starting Ezekiel 37 right in the beginning. Um, and let's just read this together. Uh, I'll read here from the, from the top. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. This is Ezekiel speaking. He's telling us the story. It was full of bones. You picture just a valley full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. So he describes it well here. He walked amongst this valley. If you can picture like hills and this, this bowl almost filled with dry bones. And he walked back and forth and really got a, really got a, a picture and a feel for it. And it, it even says they're very dry. I love that description. This isn't like uh, maybe later when we hear about this resurrection image, we're like, well, maybe they weren't like really dead. This is clearly, these are dry, but all that's left of these people is bones and they're dry. They've been there a while. There's no life in them. It's just brittle bone in a valley. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? So God asked him, can these live? And he said, I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. It's a great, great answer. Can, can these live? And he says, only, only you would know. I think I would say, no, they're clearly dead and brittle and, and, and gone. 
And he says, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter in you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am Lord. So here he's, he says, I want you to tell the bones, I'm going to bring life to you. I'm going to put you back together and breathe my life into you. And then you will say, you truly are Lord. The one who can resurrect even very dry bones. So Ezekiel does it. He prophesied as, as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. So he says what, what the Lord said. He says, your dry bones, God is going to bring life back into you. And as he's saying this, they start to rattle and the bones come together, bone to bone. Can you imagine this picture? Like he, he's seeing this firsthand. He's watching resurrection happen. I looked and the tendons and the flesh appeared to them and skin covered them and there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breathe from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. So he, he walks among these dead, brittle, very dead bones. And God says, tell them that, that I can bring them to life. And he does. And he gets to watch bones connect, tendons and muscles and skin go back on. And then there's not breath yet. And then God says, put my breath in them. And then suddenly standing before him is an army of, of fleshy, live, alive people. Just, just like that. What an image, right? Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They, they say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we are cut off. This is the time when God's people had, had hoped that this king would come to save them, hoped they'd have a priest who would come and do the right sacrifices to save them. And instead they continued to turn from God. They had kings who turned from God, actually encouraged their people and told the people to worship other things. And their kingdoms had split and they now God's people lived in different places and were exiled. They weren't even under their own rule. They felt like they were dried up, like their hope was gone, like they were cut off, far away, dead, bones in a far off valley, brittle. Therefore, prophecy, prophecy. so this is, he's saying, these are the people and this is what they say. This is how they feel. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Have, then you know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. So he's saying, he's saying this picture you just got of these bones coming to life is really what I'm going to do with my people. I'm going to take you from hopeless, cut off, dried up, and I'm going to bring life back in you. I'm going to give you a land. And, they, and they, at this time, they're, probably, they're reading this, or they're, he, he's hearing this, and he's probably thinking, oh, we're going to get like an actual place to live, and we're going to get a good king finally, and a good priest. And they don't realize that there's one who's actually going to come like completely bring life back to their, to their broken hearts. He's going to actually give them a land, which is actually a forever kingdom that they can be in with their God. 
Just the chapter before this in Ezekiel, he uses a similar language. He says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. We just sang this in our song that we sang earlier in Grace Alone. This idea that we have these hearts of stone and Christ dies and, and resurrects and, and does that with us, like brings us with him. And now we have this opportunity to have life come back into our hearts. Life and resurrection happen. It's real. And God's telling us in Ezekiel, in this passage in the Old Testament, that I'm going to come and I'm going to bring life back to my people. Now they probably think, again, it's going to be a king or a great kingdom there, not knowing like he's going to make for all people, all time, this kingdom and this place that there can be life, that feeling dried up and hopeless and cut off doesn't have to be the end. In fact, even laying in a valley of dry bones is not the end, even though it seems like it's the end. This is a passage uh, that I think is really helpful to see that gives us a picture of all of Scripture. So sometimes for me, when I'm studying a passage, it's helpful to not just say, what is this saying? What does it say about God or Jesus or myself? But sometimes I look at all of Scripture, and I like to look at the big overarching story, which is what we're kind of doing this summer, and see, like, how does this passage give me a picture of God throughout all of the story? And this one does, right? It gives us a picture of a God who's a resurrector, one who brings life, one who brings help, who comes to those who are in need. And so I often look at this, this line, and that's what we're going to do just quick here in this passage uh, before, we just, before we sing and worship again here. We're just going to look at what it is. And here's how I, I typically will do it. I, I like to maybe draw this out or, or at least think about it. I think, where am I right now in this story? And so we're reading this story. We are very much in the fall, right? Creation is God makes everything. The fall is that people turn from God and there's brokenness, right? They're dried up, they're brittle. They're hopeless. They're cut off. Redemption is that Christ comes to make a way. He's willing to die on a cross. He's willing to make a way for his people. He's willing to resurrect so that we too can resurrect. And restoration is that one day he'll come back again and make all things right. We will no longer feel this brokenness. And so I say, where does this passage fall? So first, we're just here in the fall. We're feeling it. He's talking to Ezekiel about the real brokenness of the fall. And for many, many, many years, the people have felt it and it just keeps moving more and more into more brokenness, more dire, more dried up. But how does this passage remind me of creation? So just quick, as I, as I did this, a quick study of this this week, it reminded me as I was reading, maybe you too, when I look back at creation, um, oh yeah, right? We see this fall, the, the bones of the people, our bones are dried up, our hope is gone. When I remind me of the fall, when I look back to how does this remind me of creation and our God, our God has always been a God who breathed his breath and life into people. If you read that passage, actually is almost the same phrase as we see in Genesis as God creates his people. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. This passage not only reminds us of the fall, but it reminds us of this God who from the beginning was breathing life into his people. Who from the beginning wasn't, wasn't here punishing and bringing death and bringing law on his people, but instead he was bringing life. He's always been doing that. So that's a great reminder of even the beginning of scripture story. We see this same pattern of a God who resurrects, who brings life. So what about redemption? Do we see a picture of redemption in this passage? It's a great passage again to see that happen. In fact, I, as I was reading this, it was reminding me of a passage that is one of my favorite little moments in scripture that we often don't think about. In fact, I don't even think about it at Easter, a thing that happens at Easter uh, happens right as 
Jesus dies on the cross, this incredible thing happens that changes a whole lot of people's lives. And so at that moment, the curtain of the temple is torn. Jesus has just died on the cross. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When Jesus resurrected from the dead, literally people came out of their graves. That's what God had just promised us in Ezekiel. There'll be a day when people come out of graves with life in them. And Jesus resurrects, and it's not like he resurrects, it's like someday you'll get to. There were graves places, people kicking down the doors to get out of graves. Can you imagine this? There's Jesus resurrects and all of a sudden like people are seeing relatives, friends. They're like, what are you doing here? We thought you were bones in a tomb. And they're like, not, something happened, something changed. We actually get this great picture, not just uh, a vision, but now the reality of this that we see at the moment of redemption as Jesus resurrects, he brings people with him. And just another great moment in history that we then get to see happen over and over with all of God's people. And then what about restoration? Now, restoration is one day, right? We're still waiting for this. Well, it's a passage I love to share from Revelation, the one I try to look to every day in my life to remember that this is coming, that it still feels at times like we're dried up, like there's no hope, that we're cut off remembering that God will come and make all those things right in Revelation 21. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death. That sounds like a, a, a very resurrector God thing to do or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who's seated in the throne says, I'm making everything new. I share all this because it's really important that when we're in this place, feeling like we're dried up, We're hopeless. There's things all around us. We might feel like we stroll into our home every day and we push aside a lot of very dry bones, very hopeless moments. That we're in this place, we know that our God has always been a resurrector kind of God. Always been one who breathes life. Always one who wants to see those things come to life. So just as we wrap up here, I want to just ask those questions. Where do you see this in your life? Where do you feel this feeling? Have you felt like Ezekiel and God's people that there's dry bones? Have you seen things just feel like they're remnants of life? Just maybe a hint of there used to be life in this place. Maybe it was once alive and now it feels like it's in the grave or at least moving towards the grave. Maybe in a marriage or a relationship, maybe just a passion it just feels like there's death and dried upness and lifelessness. It doesn't seem like it comes back. It, does, it seems impossible, in fact. It seems too big that it ever could. It seems too giant that I could ever resurrect this thing and get life back into it. And that's probably true. So if you remember in our story and our vision and throughout all of Scripture, the one who breathes life into those things is our God. We have a room full of weary people here today and we're here to worship a God who brings life. Not a room full of people who have worked hard and have some good techniques on how to get life, but one who comes to worship the one who brings life. This week, one of our themes at VBS was that God is stronger than anything, if I remember that right. And I was taught, awesome God, this kid remembers. And everyone cheered, awesome God. You want to try it again? Okay, I'll try it one time. 
Jesus is stronger than anything. Wow, look at that. VBS worked. Uh, I, was sitting with a, I was sitting with a junior high kid who was not doing that, um, not real thrilled, and we were talking, and I said, uh, what seems unstoppable, too big to stop? Like, what's this massive thing? And he's like, death seems pretty unstoppable. I was like, you just walked right into it, man. <laughs> you walked right Everyone was saying like, oh, King Kong. And he was like, what about death? Tell me something that's bigger than death. And I was like, oh, I will. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. He said, it seems so powerful. I've never heard of anything more powerful than death. He's like, isn't there like a quote that everyone eventually dies? Like, that's the one thing we all have in common. And I said, it is really big, right? We can't. I said, you know the story we just read? We just read the story of the resurrection of Jesus. I said, it seems like Jesus is stronger than death. Like he wasn't, de- in fact, it sounds like he's defeated death for all of us. He said, so we won't stay dead? I said, not if scripture is true. And he said, bro, that's like big news. <laughs> I said, Amen, that's big news. That's really big news. And news that if we believe changes our day, right? It changes us from those people of, uh, in the valley of dry bones to people who can rejoice and know that we have a God who comes to help us. A God who brings life into us. A God who's always been a resurrector. It's a God who when I read um, things like Psalm 121, and I hear, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Everywhere. If you want to look at a, what, where we see stuff pointing to throughout scripture, this is such a core theme and a core character of who our God is. One who comes and helps. In 1 Corinthians 15, we hear, For the perishable must clothe themselves in the imperishable. Us, who are perishable, clothe themselves in the imperishable, Jesus. And the mortal with the Im- immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, Jesus, and the mortal with the Im- immortality, Jesus, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the good news today, friends, as, as we, uh, we meet now to sing and celebrate and pray together, we do that because we say we have a God who resurrects, who brings life to broken and dead things. I'm going to invite our worship team up. They're going to actually share a song for us today. Uh, we're going to sing three songs. The first one they're just going to sing um, as a way just to celebrate and remember these words. And I actually want you to see the words in this first song because um, I was really moved by this as they chose this song. If you look here uh, in the words, right here it says, you're still the same God that separates the waters. This is, this is, God, you've always been this God. Come do what only you can do, God. I need you. I pray as we hear these words that we'd be reminded that, God, you're the one who resurrects. You're the one who brings life. Um, there's a lot of things I'm trying to do that with. Maybe today's a day to say, to, to lay those things down and say, God, I need you to bring life into these broken places. Let me pray for us. And they're going to share this song with us. And then we're going to sing together. Uh, love for you to respond by singing or praying. We'll, we'll have people available in the back of the room to pray for you. If you need someone, they'll have a lanyard on, a little yellow lanyard. They'd love to pray for you. 
Uh, maybe there's something specifically about this. You just need prayer. And also we'll have communion out in the hallway. And communion is a great way to remember this moment of resurrection. Uh, remember that Jesus died. His body was broken. His blood was shed. And he went in the tomb and came out of the tomb so that we too could do the same. And so it's a great opportunity to celebrate that. I encourage you to go uh, be able to do that together too. Let me pray for us. And they're going to share this song with us. Lord, thank you for your goodness, your kindness, your love for us, that you are a God who brings life, who, who speaks and life happens, who breathes life into us. I pray that that would not just be a vision, not just a picture like Ezekiel had, but the reality of that, that we would be people who understand you really resurrect. You really bring life to things that feel dead. That there isn't anything bigger than you, that you're more powerful than death. And yes, that is good news. I pray that today that we believe that and as we sing, those words would be true. Uh, and I pray we'd be people who walk in that way throughout our days. We love you, Lord. Amen.